fucking die to get three points. And they're here. I wouldn't even let them on the bus after the match. I get a taxi back to Manchester. <laughs> it's a fact. I'm not playing mind games. I'm talking about facts. He can't take it, can he? He can't take it. He just can't take it. Boom. <laughs> <laughs>As everyone on fantasy football seems to go transfer crazy and use up their free hit, it's been a crazy week of football, seeing Sheffield United secure more points in one game than they secured all season, taking them to a tally on five. Man United go top of the table for the first time in what seems forever. And let's stick with United as they face off against rivals Liverpool, ending in a nil-nil stalemate. Oli's side has come a long way since they last played at Anfield, losing 2-0 to Jurgen Klopp's side on that occasion. Keith, as someone who didn't find the game a snoo- snooze fest like myself, what did you make of the game as a whole? And in terms of United, did they convinced the league enough that they are, in fact, title contenders? Uh, you know, I think the game was, um, it was, it was good. It was exciting because either team could win the match on the day. So we both had, you know, good, good counter-attacking moves. Um, we had the two best chances in the game, late on in the game to win, but we couldn't take them. But look, looking at that, I think, uh, I think we're just missing just that one, that one thing, but, uh, I think I think it's the midfield. Uh, I don't really like Fred. He played well in that game, but we just need we just need somebody who can link, you know, mid defense to midfield and midfield to attack. And I don't think Fred's the, the type of player for that for that for that team. To be fair, mm. I think as we were saying last week, he's he's a good player, but you know, as a in fact, you want to be a title contender. He's not going to be the player that takes you there. You got to improve. In yeah, that role. yeah, he, he's not. Uh, it sounds harsh, but he doesn't look like the, the finished product for me. He looks like a young player getting his first rounds in the first team. You know, his first his first touch isn't quite there. His his distribution isn't quite there. But he's a good footballer. But yeah, he's just missing. He's missing that 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 fine touch. You know, I don't know. I think mm-hmm. we need to get rid. I mean, what what would you say the player player you bring in to improve on that position then? Wishful thinking or realistically? Uh, realistic, we go because you know well, you could you could say Joshua Kimmich or someone, uh, but you know, yeah, that's not. Yeah, I, I think I, I've seen a few rumors going around that Tony Cross uh, could could come to United, and he would. I think he would be the. The final piece in the jigsaw. He's he's aging, but I think in that young United team, he could be that final piece to kind of link everything together with how he plays football. Uh, but we, we did say we did say realistic, Keith. Uh, hey, it's, it's, <laughs> I'm joking. It, or, it could happen, couldn't it? Or, or or if 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 we're lucky, Ndidi, Ndidi from Leicester 
could come in and that do would, a good job. That there. would be good. I don't yeah. know how much it cost you, but that'd be. Uh, just one more on this game. Paul Pogba played um, seemingly. I, 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 honestly, I kept snoozing throughout this game. Uh, that's the way I felt. But Paul Pogba played in the right. Yeah. Is that something that's going to work? Uh, no. And how that affected Bruno was. Do you think that affected Bruno as well? Because obviously that was one of his worst games in a United shirt, arguably. Uh, uh, I think people are comparing too much Pogba and, uh, and Bruno in terms of if one plays, the other doesn't play well. I think Bruno had a terrible game. That's on Bruno. Pogba didn't have a good game, but he did switch on when Bruno left. But mm. again, Pogba went to the right-hand side to accommodate Bruno. So Bruno should technically have a good game because, you know, he, he's taken that position for Pogba, playing through the middle. So I don't think Pogba's to blame for his bad performance. I just think he just didn't turn up. He hasn't turned up for the last two games anyway. But, you know, no. he's tired. He's been playing every game. You know, some people do get fatigued and uh, he, he needs a little bit of a break. But hopefully he turns up at the weekend. I mean, yeah, especially with the schedule at the minute, it's obviously relenting, still following from Christmas. So maybe yeah. a break for Bruno might be yeah. what they need and Pogba could feel, fulfill that role. Yeah. I, He's I, proven to play it well. Yeah, I, th- I think Pogba's on form. I think uh, out of all the, the, the players on the team currently over the last few games, he's the one that looks like he's, he's switched on a, a bit more. And reason, I think the reason for that is maybe he's campaigning for Real Madrid, PSG, or even Juventus to come pick him up to show how good he is. I think that's why he's kind of switched it up so that they can come, you know, pay the big bucks in, in the summer because I don't think we'll sell him for cheap. So I think that's why uh, he's performing. So, yeah. You never know where he'll be going in, in, the, um, in the summer. One player that probably won't be going anywhere anyway unless we see a huge surprise um, with Mason Mount. Chelsea in the run of three consecutive away losses. With Mount's late strike help and see of the 10 men of Fulham. Since Lampard's appointment last season, Mount has been one of, if not his most integral player. Lampard even said this week that he's already better than he was at 22 years of age. Josh, as a big Mason Mount advocate like myself, what stood out in this performance from the weekend? Also, even performances like this, Mount has had his doubters from rival fans and even some, some of the Chelsea rep as well. Would you believe he needs to? improving his game to take his game to the next level I mean obviously like he was with Frank at Derby and I thought he was good in the championship and I didn't expect him to take that side of his game into the Chelsea team if I'm honest like I did I I was expecting him to be like a fringe player bench player and he came in and he did like he showed energy and he showed his quality and he took his took his chance well and I don't know why he has any doubters because in the middle of the park he's he's got so much energy and he really chases down the ball almost like what like Kante used to do. Obviously he's not at that level, but like he has energy and he knows it. Yeah, but like he reads the game well in midfield and he knows how to break it apart and like pick a pass out to go forward. And he has got a killer free kick on him and a long shot as we saw. And um, yeah, so to take his game to the next level, I don't really know what more you can ask from him, to be honest. I mean, you could, you could argue stats, obviously. That's one of the things. He scored the winner at the weekend, but you could say more goals to his game, more assists. 
got got a lot of, got got seven goals last year, but to be fair, a lot of them were quite early on the season. Fizzled out near the end, and only two. This is only a second in the Premier League. Obviously, scored the weekend as well in the FA Cup uh, last week as well. So, do you think? I think once statistically, he he maybe improves, then his work that doesn't always get noticed will will start be picking up by rival fans and that was across across the league. Yeah, yeah, and also maybe a bit of flair, like to carry his game, like. Every time he's on the ball, you know, you get excited by the fact that he's on the ball. But, but I mean, that's also something that's, I think, I, I definitely agree with, but that has how he's taken his game to the next level recently. It hasn't actually been too hard because if you consider himself and uh, the rest of the Chelsea team at the minute, he's far and above the only one probably playing for us well at the moment. But yeah. it seems to be even better than he has ever been for us in the last few games. So, who knows? And he's obviously going to be a, a big uh, contribution to Southgate's team in the in the summer for the Euros. Yeah, I think he should definitely be involved in the England squad. Definitely, without a doubt. Going from the top half of the table now to the bottom half, West Brom finally secured their first win under Big Sam, beating what seems to be a struggling Woolside 3-2. A lot of critics surrounding the sacking of Slavin Bilic and the appointment of Slavin Maladice, despite their win at the weekend. However, Big Sam is known to be able to keep teams up. Lewis, do you have any faith in this appointment from what you've seen so far? And do they have any chance of survival? No. <laughs> um, <laughs> Point blank. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think they do. I think um, as good as record as Sam Maladice has got for helping teams stay up, um, I don't think it's going to happen on this one. Uh, I don't think West Brom are um, strong enough to succeed in that. Uh, they've brought in Robert Snodgrass, who's a great signing. Um, and obviously he helped uh, West Brom to that uh, win against Wolves on the weekend. But um, I have a feeling that's just going to be a one-off and I don't think it's going to be like that for the rest of the season. And I think I think Big Sam's going to struggle on this one, and I don't think, um, as well, I wouldn't say he's ever been up to date with the Premier League, uh, with any of his previous teams as well. But I think this one is a massive, um, whatever you want to call it, like it's it's too big for him, and I don't think he's got it anymore. And I think they're going straight back down. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at this team from goalkeeper to vents to midfield attack, none of it's Premier League quality, is it? You rarely see a player who really suits uh, the, the Premier, in my opinion. Well, the likes of well, Conor Gallagher, for me, stands well, this, out. Well, this is the thing, is that I'm not saying this on a bias level, but Sam Addice, if he used them properly, Snodgrass and Dean Garner could be their best players. I know both his play for West Ham, but they would... They but you would are be, right, I'll give you that. They, they are top-quality players. Like, I think Snodgrass is very underrated. His time at West Ham was um, very quiet. But he he does try a lot, and he is he is alright. I think if he utilised them, then maybe. But obviously they don't suit suit his well. Snodgrass suits his style of play. But Dean Garner, I don't think he's going to get uh, the chances that that he wished at the club. I think um, I would like to have known his uh, view on Big Sam coming in because I think Snodgrass is a perfect player under Big Sam. But I'm not sure about. Dean Garner. 
yeah, it'd be, it'd be it's difficult to see how they work up. And is that obviously considering you know Sheffield United got a win, Fulham are actually doing all right at the minute. They drew against Liverpool, drew against Spurs, uh, I believe, and you know conceded the, the last fifteen minutes against Chelsea with ten men. Is there any indication or just yeah they're going down? Um, yeah, you could say the teams around them are starting to perform. Uh, Sheffield United, I think, uh, I don't think they're going to get back on top of things, to be honest. Um, but saying that, I mean, Burnley, I can see them grounding out results. The same with Brighton, the same with Newcastle. Uh, for, I mean, the bottom three is, is Fulham, West Brom and Sheffield United. They're really the only ones that I can't see grounding out results. Fulham, maybe, but not West Brom and Sheffield United. Compared to compared to the other teams, anyway, I don't think they've got it in them. I think I think the difference with Fulham is that they got they got maybe the players, some at least some of the players anyway that can help them lift them up. And Scott Parker is starting to show signs that he is a, a decent enough manager that can help them out. But yeah, it's whether it's yeah. enough. Yeah. I think what what we've kind of seen as well is that uh, the the teams in the bottom bottom half of the table are actually changing their tactics. That to try and survive, like you, you look to Scott Parker, he's changed his tactics to try and uh, accommodate trying to battle, battle out of the relegation zone. Whereas Sam Adidas is just going to be a one, one tactic man, and teams have got team. I mean, teams have already figured him out, except for Wolves. But you know, I mean, to be fair, I don't know how old uh, Branislav Ivanovic is now. I want to say about thirty six. But the amount of pace he shows from that centre back position, anyone can get past. <laughs> exactly. Have your Hesky back in his day of sprinting. <laughs> but, but before before we get into the main topic, we had some news last week. Wayne Rooney retired from football as he goes into the managerial role at Derby County. So quickly, I just let want to hear hear from each of you. What's the one moment from Waza that stands out for you? Go on, we start with Josh. The first memory I have was going to the pub and watching his first game when he came on for Everton, like off the bench when he was like what sixteen or something. And I think I think he scored like his first goal in that appearance as well. And yeah, well, like, it wasn't like, just a wasn't just a goal. It was a fucking great goal. Rocket, <laughs> yeah, it was. yeah, it was a rocket <laughs> against yeah. Ar- against Arsenal of all teams as well. Yeah, and I I think from that moment you just thought, damn, this kid's gonna be around. Like, for, like he's got a good future ahead of him hmm. I mean I, I could take mine before anyone nicks it I mean the overhead kick against City is arguably one of maybe if maybe the best Premier League goal of all time uh, yeah. that's what I've got to go with uh, Lewis uh, him being sent off in the World Cup against Portugal <laughs> uh, that, yeah, <laughs> I remember that very well I've been watching on TV um, and when he scored against West Ham twice, uh, pretty much on the halfway line. Oh, that oh, was yeah. mine. That was mine. You <laughs> yeah, literally. I mean, that... if you want something that epitomies, uh, shows the epitome of Wayne Rooney, that MLS goal, the, not the one he scored, oh, yeah. when they had yeah. the, the corner yeah. kick, defended, Wayne Rooney comes out, makes a tackle, launches a David Beckham S ball into the box, head our goal. Yeah, yeah, that's unreal. That but Keith, as a United fan, huge Wayne Rooney fan, what's yours? Uh, it's the goal. Next, it, but... it, it's a goal against West Ham, and it's the little chip that he did for uh, RVP 
when RVP oh, first yeah. signed for us. That was, yeah, he's just beautiful, man. He's a beautiful footballer. Uh, I, I want to question something. Uh, yeah. Josh said you went to watch Rooney in the pub, right? When Rooney was 16. <laughs> <laughs> How old were you when he was 16? <laughs> <laughs> I had a coat. I mean, <laughs> there's, there's no way you remember that. Sure, how wise that is. You don't do that to a cane. The transfer window is open. January can produce some absolutely cracking signings. And also some transfers that are, well, truly woeful, like Keith's opinions on Ian Acho. <laughs> it was good once. He was good once. Um, yeah. with, with the rumour mill in full circle, we're here to offer our own picks of our personal favourite January signings, the worst signings done in the window, and who we believe has been the best. Keith, without further ado, who do you think is the best January signing that the Prem has ever seen? Well... You know, we've, we've got Bruno, but I think uh, I'll stop with Bruno and I'll go with one of my all-time favourite footballers, Jermaine Defoe. So when he signed uh, for Sunderland back in 2014-15 January and he managed to help them, you know, scrape their way through uh, relegation, the relegation battle. So Jermaine Defoe is by far my favourite um, January signing, and my worst January signing. I mean, I've... I mean, it's the thing with Defoe. Sorry, how, how many how many goals he scored? Do you reckon? Do you mean Premier League goals? No, well, I know he scored a load of Premier League goals, but I mean, how many how many did he score? Well, during his time when... at Sunderland that season, he came back because obviously he had such yeah. a big impact, and he. Uh, I one percent green. You're not trying to catch you out here, and if it's no, no, you're going to no, see, no, it's so like four, four goals. Um, no, yeah, he only scored four goals during that. But oh, no, scored... I was joking. I was joking. I'm not saying he did get four goals. No, no, he actually scored four goals. Oh, he did. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wasn't, wasn't, one the, wasn't one of them the bagger against Newcastle? Yeah, 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 yeah. He started most of the games when he came back. Um, started 17 games, but to say that Sunderland was struggling to score goals because they had they had that guy. What's what's his name? Jose Altudo, that big that That's big unit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, American. They, yeah, they had the big unit up front who couldn't hit a bundle, mate. So yeah, they they they, they switched him around, and then ever since for Sunderland, he was scoring like 15 goals every season. This is in a Sunderland team, you know, 15 goals, 15 Premier League goals. Something people at Halle struggle to do, you know, but it's, it's, it's brilliant. And, and he was an old man when he was doing this as well. Okay, so okay. It, 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 was, it, it was an old man and it, it done it brilliant. So I think he's probably one of my um, favorite signings and probably the most significant for a team that it's was good. struggling and keep them in the prem. Yeah. What about, what about your worst then? Worst is Stephen Pina for Totten. Like, I was going to say for Everton, obviously, quality player. But yeah, for different, Everton. Different story. For Everton, he was brilliant. And then he moved to Tottenham and then like, nothing clicked. You know, I remember also like um, an argument he had with Harry Redknapp when he didn't want to play anymore because Harry wasn't playing him. 
And he kept telling them that, you know, listen, I want you and Gareth Bale to play. You know, you're never going to compete with Gareth Bale at that time. So I think that was a bad move for Tottenham and for Steven Pino. And, you know, injuries did come into play, but that was a pretty shocking signing. Yeah, shocking move because it did end up going back to Everton. So he shouldn't have never left anyway. It did make it did make sense at the time, but yeah, it's just one of those that didn't work out. Yeah. Uh, last, lastly, from you, um, your personal favorite being a Man U fan. Is it a Man U player? Or is it someone else that's convinced you yeah, from the of, Premier League? Of course, it's Bruno. Bruno Fernandez came in in January and he turned a. Sh- I'm not going to swear, just in case kids watch. <laughs> what, it, it, it turned uh, a below par Man United team into something, something entertaining again. You know, he was that little spark. I'm, I'm not saying it's like a Rooney or a Ronaldo or a Scholes gigs, but he was, he, he's basically the spark in that United team, especially when, when, when he came and, you know, took us to a different level. Just one player, just one player changed the dynamics from uh, probably a, a tenth, a tenth, a, a ranking tenth team into a top four team. So yeah, he's probably to date now. Uh, I think currently, over maybe the last five years, he's the best uh, January signing. I mean, obviously, it's early doors. Anything could happen yet. We're only a year in, but I think it's, it's I think it's pretty safe to say he's already one of the best. If, if even not the best midfielder in the Prem. Kevin De Bruyne might have words with that. Oh, yeah. Know, I'll back know. him up there. I'll back up KDB. But, I mean, but you can't argue. Obviously, he produced last season and he's just carried it on this season. A goal or an assist in every game, averaging out 11 goals, 7 assists in his 18 games for United yeah. so far. And that yeah. continues from the, um, from the Champions League where he scored, where he scored, four, he scored four goals in his six games. Yeah, so, so he's, he's, he's a good footballer. And the, 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 also the, adder, but... the, the other thing, you know, <laughs> is besides the, the stats, it's the work he does on the pitch. I don't know if you watch many United games, but he's always one of the first people to go close down, to track back. You know, mm-hmm. the things that we've been asking Pogba to do, uh, you know, he, he's doing it like his second nature. No digs to Pogs. Mm-hmm. I hope we sell him for 100 million. But again, you know, yeah, Fernandez, top class. Beautiful I mean, footballer. Yeah. His that, attitude is that uh, tremendous, both pretty on the pitch and off it. I mean, you see, he's already pretty much the vice captain of the United team. Yeah. Um, and as, as you said, his, his impact as he came in, how it, how it improved the morale of that squad. You can't usually buy a player, player like that. And United, lucky enough to do so. Uh, yeah. We move on. Got Josh up next. Best, worst, personal favourite. Start with best again. What's the best sign? Uh, so the best one for me I picked was um, Van Dijk to Liverpool because they paid through the nose for him. Obviously, um, one at the time where you go seventy-five million, you're laughing, thinking, "How in God's name is he? Was he worth that?" And yeah, <laughs> couple of years on now, you, pay, you paid double that. I mean, considering, considering like, yeah, it was 75 million. He hadn't played for Southampton for like six months. And then he signs for Liverpool for this massive fee. And everyone's like, is it worth it? 
and then first game against Everton and he scores a goal and it's just yeah and for me he's just like he's so integral as we've seen this season to that Liverpool side I mean you've got hope obviously now his ACL injury he's going to come back fine and um, return back to his best but yeah but um, the worry about injury I think that's that's why he's the best January business that I've seen in a long time. The worst, I picked Wayne Bridge from Chelsea to Manchester City because he was on... you got to remember, this is like Manchester City when they were like winning titles and Wayne Bridge was getting a bit old and was he it? took a... He oh, took a, on a minute. Oh, he joined it like 2007, 2008 when they were just like being bought, weren't it? Yeah, when they had Adibayo yeah. up front, mate. <laughs> Let's do the research on this. They're players like Sean Wright Phillips. Yeah, he didn't. I don't really remember him playing for Manchester City, and I'm pretty sure he went on loan like three or four times. I mean, he came to Reading one time. There was a West Ham as well. I'm Fulham, I think. But like, I don't think he actually played many games for Manchester City at all. Well, t- to be fair, guys, we need to give him the benefit of the doubt. It was going through a hard time. His best <laughs> mate. He was going through a really hard time, guys, you know? <laughs> Poor guy. I don't, I, don't, I don't think he's really welcome at Chelsea anymore, to be honest. <laughs> I, think, I think his best mate is Joe Cole, but still, I mean, it was. Uh, I, I think um, a divided locker room would be. Be the mm. case there, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, Mate. not obviously, especially ten million at the time, though, compared to what it is now. It yeah. was a bit of yeah, money true. there, so you know, not what they wanted. But Josh actually did have another name mentioned here. I said to him to think of another one, maybe because it mentioned it later in a different category. But Fernando Torres, your worst signing. Yeah, that's who I originally picked from Chelsea to live. Uh, Liverpool to Chelsea. We can bring you in for this one, Lewis. We can yeah. Bring you now yeah, so, as um, you had this in a different category. Yeah, so this was in my personal favourite. Fernando Torres at Chelsea. Now you got you got to think about this. So he did flop a bit at Chelsea, but he scored a crucial goal against Barcelona to get him through to the final, and he still won. I'll pay the hundred million for that. I'll pay hundred exactly. And he did win actually a couple of trophies at Chelsea, and I think that goes a bit unnoticed. And I think just I think it, was just, it just created such a massive Wait, moment. I've got a big question here. It's not it's not hard to score in an open net, but you know I'll leave that there. In the occasion, in the occasion, <laughs> the man about in the moment. And you got to think. You say that. You say that. But he did do that against Man United. So, <laughs> it's true. You know. it's true. He, he did have history of. Difficult. Obviously, we didn't get the Torres that we expected to get Liverpool, but he did have some moments in the Chelsea shirt. Maybe if you want to consider fifty million, probably an overpay, but getting considered yeah, the time. Yeah, plus, if that was now. <laughs> but I mean, plus the part of this deal, right? Which I think Torres Torres gets a lot of slack, but you you buy Torres at the time. He's a fifty million pound player. Yeah, no one really debated that. I know we had, was having a little bit of off season anyway for Liverpool, but. Arguably on his way to being the best, one of the best Premier strikers of all time. Liverpool go and spend that money, seventy-five percent of it, on Andy Carroll, <laughs> who we knew 
<laughs> obviously, Andy Carroll wasn't. He wasn't anywhere near worth thirty-five million. He was worth half of that at the time. <laughs> and then Liverpool started to spend double that for a striker they knew wouldn't work out, and he didn't work out for them. So always you get the stick about Torres. I think Chelsea did better business than Liverpool out of it, to be fair. So that's that's personally for my worst signing. <laughs> but we go we go back to Josh. We last category, his favourite, his personal favourite January signing. Um being I a Reading fan, favorite. you're not in the Premier League much often, but no, and I didn't even bother trying one. to think of a Reading personal favourite in January because Reading normally run out of money come January. So they, they did you sign out your Habs in one the and one the like seven times you've signed him? Uh yeah, but it was a summer signing. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, of course he was. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, What's your first favourite then? My personal favourite, obviously, like, when Klopp was at Dortmund, I quite enjoyed watching watching them. And that's what, like, that's why, like, Dortmund is my German team. And obviously, Obama Yang up top for Dortmund. So when he came to Arsenal, I was like, this is a player I want to see in the Premier League. And that's what got job. me excited. Are you having and, a giraffe? <laughs> it's a personal Whoa. one, Lewis. It's a personal <laughs> one. <laughs> you can't disagree <laughs> personal. <laughs> <laughs> so and yeah, he came to the Premier League and obviously he's not doing great at the minute now, like this season it's yeah, it's, he's not been good. But before then he, he was scoring goals galore for Arsenal. Yeah, I mean, in, in a struggle. <laughs> he he was to me any anyway, at least from seeing him at Dortmund and seeing him in the past. Always an excited player. I would want. I want to see in the Prem, even if it was for Arsenal. We'll see what he's got left. Obviously, signed a big contract in the summer to stay on. At, yeah, stay on at Arsenal as he's entering his thirties. Now we'll be able to produce like Vardy has done, or will he? Will he slow down? Last but not least, oh, pop my ones. Lewis, best uh, January signing. I don't know how he wasn't mentioned, uh, but the best ever January transfer signing is without a doubt Luis Suarez at Liverpool. Um. I mean, the oh mate, the goals he scored, the amount of goals he scored. Um, you gotta think he was only there, really, for four seasons. Now, I think if you looked back on all of the Premier League memories of Suarez, you'd think he'd been there for ten years. The amount of stuff that he'd done, um, all the, all the goals and no and then, trophies as well. That's crazy. Exactly, and <laughs> well, he almost got into the Premier League, but obviously that doesn't matter because at the end of the day, okay. still not a trophy. But hey, hey, um, hey. they did draw two West Brom, and that round of applause. To go, to go with to go with the amazing goals he scored, but the moments that he had as well. So you had the butt on Ivanovic, uh, the dive in front of Moyes, um, the Patrick Sevra argument. But he mm. literally, there's so many bits about him. And I think he's without a doubt the best January transfer signing just for the Premier League as a whole. It was. Yeah. I would uh, just start to say quickly as well. I think it was a bit more of an argument between Ever and. So, <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, you know. Uh, yeah. I, I, I've, got, I've got a question. But when we're doing best ever January signings, right? Are we talking about from the time they sign in January, what they do, or are we going as an overall, how they did in the Premier League? Because. You know, that's why I went for Jermaine Defoe, because he's the best. He saved Sunderland. I don't yeah. think Suarez did any. What did Suarez do when he signed? What happened? Daniel Sturridge. No, no, no. But that happened. <laughs> that, 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 
know that happened in the long run, but I'm saying when he signed, what 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 amazing thing did he take Liverpool to a different level, or that was the season after he signed? I'm, I'm just saying, just saying. But yeah. I, I think we're going as a sign-in overall, yeah. oh, so okay. it can include what he's done right now, what he's done in the future, and obviously Suarez only had a few years at Liverpool before he went to Barcelona. But yeah, he certainly made his impact as even in those three years, as you could arguably be one of the best strikers the league's ever seen. And probably in his form, maybe even the best. Which is a... Damn, that's a big statement. Mm. But yeah. Uh, at at his best, is it? Omri, maybe, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was mental. Absolutely mental. Um, worst signing? Uh, <laughs> uh, you guys probably won't know him, but West Ham fans probably will. Uh, we signed a striker called Savio. Uh, and at the time, he was our record signer of nine million, um, and he only made ten appearances with zero goals. He was also <laughs> bought under our current owners, so that's another one, another striker to the forty-nine other strikers, forty-eight other strikers. Wait, so, wait, so how long ago was this? Because I don't remember this at all. Uh, it was uh, two thousand ten, two thousand eleven. Okay. Yeah. So absolutely ridiculous uh, signing. Um, he obviously didn't do anything, and he also faked his own kidnapping to get uh, money from his own family. <laughs> so, what? <laughs> so, oh, I think I remember something like that. Yeah. So, uh, just everything about him was absolutely ridiculous, and there's, there's no doubt he is the worst ever January transfer signing. That just. Oh. I'm just saying like, like some of the stuff because I just haven't heard of him. It's just horrendous. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, I yeah. think that's the worst um, one. Yeah. <laughs> worst. Um, but yeah, as a footballer, to sign him for nine million for a record signing and only having played ten times with zero goals, um, just says it all. Really. Where'd you find like seven and a half million for like ten appearances, uh, like each I appearance? Think, I think he came from Italy. No, he went back to it because he played for uh, Fiorentina. Oh, um, so he joined them from West Ham. But I think he came from Italy when he joined as well. You signed you sign him with the money you, you sold Craig Bellamy with the city. Yeah. Nine nine the 14 million it said. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Fucking what a waste. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. And Craig Bellamy is so good for us. So that make, you know what? That makes it even player. worse. The fact that we Under, had Craig Bellamy. Underrated player. Very underrated player in the Premier League. Oh, 100%. It's because he had the hands back, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then your personal favourite. Obviously, I'm assuming that's uh, not your personal favourite as well. But My, my personal favourite was uh, Fernando Torres um, at Chelsea. Uh, yeah, as we said. Chelsea, as we mentioned. Incredible, incredible player. If I end it with mine, I think if I go go about those three with the best ones, I think for me, just at the moment, I think Van Dijk, the impact he's had for Liverpool. Obviously, been incredible and in how they've transformed. Uh, becoming, you know, becoming a Ballon d'Or candidate, top three in the Ballon d'Or as a centre back. Not many people yeah. do that. It's a rare thing. Yeah. So for him to do that, he's been well worth the transfer fee. No doubt in my mind, Van Dyke. Uh, as I said earlier, Andy Carroll, the worst one, thirty-five million. What Liverpool doing? And my personal favourite, which I also consider to have my be- my favourite as well. But I mean, does it get more more better? Then Chelsea signing Gary Cahill for seven million, what? when he's won every single trophy there is to win. Every one. I do find it strange that he become was Chelsea captain. Team. He came. He 
what's crazy about that? Him and Louise played that as a centre-back pair in the Champions League 2012. Both of them injured, especially KO. I don't know what, remember what KO, I think he's tore his, his knee or something. Still managed to play pretty much hobbling along the whole game. Won the Champions League, Europa League, Premier League, Chelsea captain. Every show if there is. 7 million. I think anyway, close, or close enough to it. From Bolton Wanderers, all teams. Thank you very much. <laughs> nah. I don't know what the slack is about Gary Cahill. He's an England international <laughs> no, like footballer. It's good. You say, you say, as well. He's one of the best combinations, fit about combinations, the league Well, what, what? In that 14-15 season, Terry and uh, Cahill won the best, not the best, because there's definitely been others, particularly Terry Carvalho, Vidic Fernand, to name two. Uh, better Phil, as a centre back pairing. Phil Jones Gary and Kay. Chris Smolin are better than that pairing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mate, mate, we did win the league quite comfortably with Mourinho that year. So um, we did win the league as well. We, we, we won the league with. You can't say stuff like that. We won the league with Phil Jones and Chris Smolin centre back. Do you know who was playing in front of them as well? You can't make comparisons like that. Come on. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Ferdinand must have still been there. I think I don't know if Vidic was uh, starting to get injuries and stuff at that point, but they were on the bench, mate. They were on the bench. What to yeah. Jones and Smolin? I do anyway. We were trying to compare <laughs> Jones and Smolin to Gary Cahill and John Terry. Which oh nah, nah, I'm playing hey, with mate. you. I'm playing with you. I'm playing with you. Yeah, you better chill, chill. My, my head's hurting. My head's hurting. <laughs> Two Premier Leagues, two FA Cups, League Cups, Champions League, Europa League. Be honest, when you came from Bolton in, in January 2012, you, you couldn't have imagined that you'd end up with that kind of trophy collection. Oh, definitely not. I think in your career you go for goals and, you know, my first goal was to play professional football, then to play in the Premier League and so on and so on. And without the goals that's in front of you, um, you know, you can't go on and, and achieve what you want to achieve. Like I said, that's why I'm thankful for the club to give me the platform to go and do that. And then it's down to the hunger you've got and the people you work alongside uh, and with. It's predictions time. Bit similar to last week as the FA Cup fourth round begins on Saturday. Might be Friday, but the FA Cup fourth round begins seeing a repeat of last week's head-to-head as Man United face Liverpool. This time, at Old Trafford. I'll start off with this one. The last game was a boring nil-nil. I don't know how I didn't see that happening because there's been some awful top six games this so far this season. If you don't include Man City Tottenham, but we might get a bit more something a bit more interesting this time. I stuck with I go I went with two one last time. I'm gonna stick with two one this time, Liverpool. Keith, United fan. Sitting your back in your boys again. Yeah, I I I, I see two 0 Man United. Cause it, looking at that looking at that game, nah, we we should have won that game two 0 as well. So yeah, two 0 Man United. Lewis, what do you reckon? Uh, I'm gonna go two one Man United. Gonna be sticking with your guns, uh, Josh. What are we saying? I think Liverpool feel like they've got massively cheated at the weekend, so I reckon they're going to be like out for revenge. So I'm going to go with uh, one nil Liverpool. No, fair enough. I mean, if Liverpool take their chances this time, that'll be the big difference. But I mean, especially in the first half, I don't know if you're not a Rashford stay on side. Not entirely his fault, but. We'll see, if he, we'll see if he can watch the line this time. But that's it for another episode. Thanks once again to Lewis, Keith and Josh for joining me today. Make sure to keep up with the podcast and latest news by following our socials at player.offside on Instagram 
and at playing underscore offside on Twitter. Try and get some YouTube videos up, so keep in tune for our YouTube. We try and post on our socials as well. Busy week for myself, so videos haven't gone up, but hopefully this week they'll begin. But until next time, have a great week. Thank you for listening, guys. Tara. <laughs> Tara. <laughs> Tara. You've got a fucking die to get three points. And they're here. I wouldn't even let them on the bus after the match. I get a taxi back to Manchester. <laughs> it's a fact. I'm not playing mind games. I'm talking about facts. He can't take it, can he? He can't take it. He just can't take it. Boom. <laughs> <laughs>